Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and today I have licensed clinical social worker, Stephanie Cohen with me, and I'm so excited for you all to not just hear her story, but to hear about the very important work she's doing in helping kids overcome their fear of dogs. So welcome, Stephanie, and thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Thank you for having me. I, I, go ahead. Yeah, so tell, tell us a little bit, I know a little bit about what you do and why, but tell our listeners and audience and viewers a little bit about how you, first of all, how did you decide, did you know in your heart when you were a little girl, you wanted to help people have better relationships or how did you first become interested in the work that you're doing now? I grew up with a lot of animals. I grew up in Connecticut and was blessed to have, believe it or not, horses, guinea pigs, cats, and dogs. And it was just a matter of my life to interact with them. Always loved animals. When my daughter was four years old, uh, she developed a fear of dogs. And I couldn't believe it. I, was, I thought maybe I had done something or she had seen something happen. She hadn't. She was just afraid. Kids develop fears of, of lots of things. But in dogs in particular, there are four different ways that kids become afraid. One is if something happens to them directly, if they got knocked down or God forbid get bitten, that happens to them directly. Or they could see something happen. I, have, I had a case where Henry was knocked over by a dog and his sister Maya saw it. Henry was fine, but Maya became afraid of dogs. The third way is that they, a child may hear of something. So I had one little boy whose grandma was from Puerto Rico and used to talk about all the dogs in the street and how afraid she was of them. So the little boy became afraid of the dogs. The fourth way is I think what happened with Becky, which was sort of sensitive, observant kids don't really understand dogs. And fear is born out of not, under, not understanding things. So we helped Becky understand about dogs a little bit. My sister's dog, Casey, um, was a wonderfully trained dog. And she, we introduced her to Casey. We, had, we, we let her take control in a way. She had him sit. She had him stay. Um, she... she um, like I said, she took control and being yeah. afraid is feeling out of control. That's what really what anxiety is. Mm-hmm. So we have to help kids understand dogs and we have to help them feel in control and safe around dogs. That answer your question? Stephanie, absolutely it did. Thank you. That's fantastic background. But when this happened with your daughter, I'm sure you probably called your colleagues and probably did a literature search. Did you have any tools available when you realized what was happening with your daughter? Uh, thank you for asking were there, were there res- Yeah, were there resources out there 
for you or because I feel like you've basically developed this protocol yourself, probably out of necessity because there weren't tools at that time. That's exactly what happened. And there still really are no tools. There are some magazine articles. There are some therapists. It's based on exposure therapy, which is a ladder of increased exposure to what you're afraid of. Um, so I did a little bit of research, but intuitively, I just started to use my own dog with kids. There he is now. Um, yeah. <laughs> to use my own dog with kids in a very controlled and safe way. And my, my method or my protocol actually started to develop. And then I formalized it. There are 10 steps. And... Um, there, like I said, there's really very little out there and some of the suggestions are not helpful. Take your child to a yeah. puppy, you know, a pet store, which we would never do, of course. Um, take them to a dog park. That can often backfire if you don't understand the nature yeah. of the fear and you don't go slowly and you don't educate kids about dog um, body language, which is really a very important part of my, my method. We teach kids about dogs and how to stay safe around them. So they feel safe. So when you, when your daughter, you, you recognize she had this, this fear that just because she was a, a perceptive child. And so she yes. realized, you know, she, she kind of connected the dots, recognized, oh my goodness, I have fear of this animal. How long would you say when you first instituted these principles with your daughter, would you say that you saw improvement like in a, in a year's worth of time in her situation where she developed her own fear that wasn't out of a negative experience. It was just her brain maybe yes. processing what yes. was going on. Right. How long did it, when you instituted the therapy with the dog, how long was it before you could see her visibly like start to relax when she would speak about dogs or when she was yes. interacting or saw a dog? How long actually, did it, it until you saw improvement? Actually with Becky, it happened very fast. Um, we were actually visiting my sister in California and we were there for five days. And by the fifth day, Casey and Becky were the best of friends. Um, Interesting. It, it, it can take a long time. When I, when I work with children, it's an average of three to four sessions. It can take as many as six and some kids are fine after the second. So every child is different and it, it just really, it really depends. And so after Becky got over her fear of dogs, so for, I have, well, I have a question about that. So she was fine with that one dog. Uh, she developed trust with one. Was there, was it easy for her to transfer that trust to other strange dogs or did that take a little bit of time? Thank, yes, it, it did take time. But what we learned was she learned, she felt empowered. She felt confident. We gave her permission to say, please leash your dog. Um, she had refused to go on play dates if there was a dog there. And with some coaching and some help from me, we, we had her say, can you leash your dog till I come in the house, things like that. Um, and then we sort of used it, we kind of turned her into a detective where if we saw a dog, we would look at the dog and we would say, what can you tell from where the dog's tail is? What can you tell from how the dog is walking? Does the dog look relaxed? Um, I did find some wonderful resources about dog body language and bite prevention. So we, 
she she studied all of this and then we kind of took it out into the world and she felt safe knowing what to do part of it is we yeah. you know we teach kids how to cross the street we teach them to stay away from a stove we teach them to stop drop and roll if there's a fire and quite honestly they're going to come across a dog hopefully much more likely than at, than being in a fire and we, kids just don't have the information a lot of the time Gosh, and I couldn't agree with you more. And I think parents oftentimes inadvertently, you know, we've all had those scenarios where you see a child at the front door, like you said, the dog is barking and, and the parents are like, oh, honey, she's fine. And trying to spin the child around and kind of push the child towards the dog. That's not a, a great approach, but that's oftentimes what you see parents do. So probably part of your counseling is helping the child, empower the child to be able to say the right things and vocalize their fears or what they need to do to feel safe in that environment. But part of that is re-educating parents. Yes, that is actually part of my mission is to re-educate parents. We do this in um, therapy anyway. And with all feelings is, you know, all feelings are fine. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just feelings. And what do you do with them? So when it, when a child says they're afraid, the, it's very important to say, thank you for telling me, I'm going to help you with this. And I have a, a, yeah. a fear scale that I use. With young children, we do small, medium, big. With older children, we do a number scale from one to 10. So throughout sessions or whenever they're even walking on the street and there's a dog, we ask kids, how, how scared do you feel right now? And depending on mm -hmm. what they say, we, we teach some, um, some deep breathing, we teach coping skills. I also help kids learn that when they're walking on the street and there is a dog approaching, hopefully on a leash, if not, you tell the person to leash their dog, please. But if a dog is approaching and the child feels nervous, I give them permission and actually instruct them to turn sideways, cross their arms, and look away yeah. from the dog. The dog walks right by. Um, I've worked with children who are so afraid of dogs that if a dog is coming, they will run into traffic to avoid the dog. So it's really yeah. important that they have Gosh. some of these skills. And so Stephanie, when you figured out, oh my gosh, I just helped my own daughter cope in a healthy way and, and also empowered her to be able to cope when you're not around. I mean, you basically helped your child overcome this fear. Yes. Did you, did you, did you have then other, did you, out of your counseling practice, I'm sure that fear of dogs is a common thing, but did you start to have other people refer kids in yes. for this problem or how did you, yeah, I, I would assume because other, other social workers maybe don't have this experience. So exactly. you probably started build, building client, clientele yes. to help with this. Yes. So I built clientele. I, I get a lot of referrals. Um, I'm recommended on, you know, local Facebook pages when people will post, oh, my dogs, are, my kids afraid of dogs, help, that kind of thing. And I've actually, um, yeah. I've actually put this all together in a book, which should be out in a couple of months. And this way, parents and other therapists can take my method of exposing children with a safe, predictable dog in a formal way with an understanding of what fear is and acknowledging it with the child and supporting them with a little luck, they also can overcome their fear. 
But truthfully, my real goal, I mean, my goal is for kids to feel safe and comfortable with dogs and enjoy them the way you and I do and my kids do. But just to be able to be in proximity with them is enough. Uh, I worked with a little girl who refused to go to soccer games and her practices because there were dogs on the field. They were leashed, but she was so afraid. So what happened was I took Fozzie and we did some sessions. She actually never touched Fozzie, but as a result, seeing that he was safe and predictable, she was then able to go to her soccer games. Wow. So such important work, Stephanie. My goodness, such important work. In fact, knowing that the for the millennial category of people in the US, the actually the birth rate is declining and the dog adoption rate is increasing, which I love, but along with that comes a lot of these pointed issues relating to dogs, including people who have some fear associated with them. And it's so fantastic that you're providing tools and resources for other licensed counselors, people that are in a position to be able to professionally help that you're providing these resources. So have you had other, have you had other therapists reach out to you? Probably that was the inspiration for your book is you yes. can only spend yes. so many times, so much yes. time talking on the phone. Well, well, that's exactly right. And the book is actually for parents to use, but therapists can use it also. And part of it is um, being, you, you need a live dog and you need a dependable dog and a knowledgeable handler um, to be able to go through these exercises. But I, as I said, I feel so strongly about this that what I've developed really does work. And I, I want to be able to share it because as you said, you cannot avoid dogs. And if you're afraid of spiders, you can probably go through your life avoiding spiders. You cannot avoid dogs. And I've seen it time and time again, when a child is afraid of dogs, it impacts the entire family. And when they overcome that fear, the sense of competence and empowerment and bravery that they feel is just remarkable. I actually have less super, I have a superhero cape that I let kids wear. Once they've completed the exercises, they get a certificate and they're, um, they put on the superhero cape and their smiles and their sense of relief make, really makes it wow. all worthwhile. That's amazing. It's very, it gives me chills and goosebumps because you're helping, you're helping kids develop coping skills that they will institute the rest of their lives. And instead of going towards increased phobias and fears that could potentially be crippling to them, okay. you're providing this amazing positive solution early on. Stephanie, how I would assume, obviously, kids that have been knocked down or have had a negative physical interaction with the dog, it could take much longer or obviously different techniques for those kids. Have you ever had a child that didn't improve? Have you ever had a child that that had a phobia of dogs that was just almost insurmountable? Um, I did have Sophia. Um, she She's the girl... I think it was Sophia. I might be, I've, been, I've changed all the names, so forgive me if I get confused. Yeah. She is the girl who never touched Fozzie, but was able yeah. to go to her okay. soccer games. I've never seen no improvement, and most of the time mm -hmm. I see a lot of improvement. But sometimes there is less improvement. Um, and totally forgot what I was going to say. But, but, 
what, but but even in her situation, that's incredibly, she may never be a, a dog owner and she may go through life saying, I really don't like dogs, but she can be around them without yes. that physiologic stress response where she has increased heart rate and she's releasing stress hormones. I mean, this is just what you're helping is this young girl to have a better physiologic response throughout her life. So it's not negatively impacting her health. You know, I mean, that, that alone is, is a gift, a big that's, gift. That's exactly right. We taught her how to breathe. We taught her to have an open mindset, which I can handle this. I can do this. And, you know, sort of the self narration to kind of talk herself through it. So she was no longer paralyzed by the sight of dogs. I don't think she, as you yeah. said, I don't think she'll ever, well, she might, she might have her own dog, but if I had yep. to guess, I would probably say no. The other thing that's important is the words that we choose. So I like to encourage parents to use phrases like, we're working on being more comfortable around dogs instead of getting over the fear. Because every time you say fear, it goes into the brain and gets imprinted. I like to put it more in a positive way. We're working on being more comfortable with dogs. Seems to help. Such good tips, such good tips. And Stephanie, how, I know many adults. Um, I have, uh, one of my best friend's mothers was bitten by a dog uh, growing up in a different country. And she just, she, you see a physical response. She's 80. Mm -hmm. You see a tightening and a, a rigidity. Whenever she just even talks about dogs, she has a physical response. Yes. yes. Obviously the younger we address this, the better. But what about adults that have, fears of dogs sure the adults it's the same thing it's usually a little easier because you can uh, have conversations about it um, where it came from how they're feeling it's, it's, it's a little more sophisticated I actually worked with um, I worked with a woman who actually was from another country as well and had seen a lot of dogs and she was petrified of dogs and did not want to transfer that to her own children. So I, I brought Fozzie over to her house and she was able to, I think she wanted to prove to herself and also to show her children how brave she felt. Fozzie was in a down stay. He was totally predictable. I had control of him and she reached out to pet him and she started to cry with relief. Yeah. Now, part of this is yeah. also teaching people how to, you know, you know this backwards and forwards, how to greet a dog, when to stay away from a dog. They need, they need information and education about how to stay safe. And when you know how to stay safe, like you don't touch a hot stove, you don't pet a dog that looks hurt or scared, then people feel more in control and less afraid. Gosh, such important information. So my my question then comes, uh, my next question is about Fozzie. Obviously, it's critically important that you match the right therapy dog with the circumstance. Yes. So if, when you have other counselors say to you, okay, you know, your program makes perfect sense. Where do I go to get a dog? Do you, do you, are you recommending certain that dogs go through certain programs, whether it's good citizen, I mean, or just you get a super chilled out, relaxed dog. Obviously I think that picking the dog would be the most important piece. And how do you, how do you vet a dog's qualifications for well, it, that? It is the most important thing. And I can really only, uh, I can only be or guarantee my own dog 
mostly, yeah. I mean, I, I know him, but I also recognize if he needs a break or whatever, I can give that to him. I do have a resource section on checking out Therapy Dog International, Pet Partners Plus. I mean, every, every community has some therapy dog groups that go to libraries, things like that. Those are usually a good bet. Sometimes you can a family friend if they have a dog, but they should, I do in the book, I have a whole checklist of what the dog right. should be like and what the handler needs to know. Um, so yeah. it does make me a little nervous that I, I'm a bit of a control freak and I don't have control of that part, but I've tried to give as much information as possible so yeah. that um, it goes sure. smoothly. Well, this is a fantastic, out of you knowing what you needed to do for your own daughter, you've created a really fantastic awareness platform for therapists and for moms and dads looking, even proactively, to not transfer some of those negative emotions from generation to generation. Just really important information. Stephanie, what's the name of your new book? Would, and, and tell us more uh, how okay. people can get a hold of it. The name of the book is How to Help Your Child Overcome the Fear of Dogs. It will be available on my website, which if it's okay, I'll give you that. It is, you have to spell yeah. Stephanie correctly. This is the tricky part. S-T-E-F-A-N-I Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, com and there's a lot of information on there about helping your child overcome a fear of dogs and as soon as the book is ready you'll be able to get it from there and i'm assuming amazon as well yeah wonderful well i am so thankful that you out of your love of dogs you've blended kind of your passion your hobby and your love with your professional vocation and uh what you're doing to help both categories to help people understand dogs and dogs be uh, better understood to help minimize conflict or miscommunication. Yes. Such an important thing you're doing. And I appreciate, I appreciate what you're doing so much. Thank you so much. I, I agree. I think it's really important to keep safe kids mm -hmm. safe and help them love dogs.